0: It's never been easier to get on the water with Academy Sports and Outdoors. Stop by your local Academy store or online at academy.com today and shop great gear from fishing's top brands like Luz, Zebco, Abu Garcia, Shimano, and more. Hey everyone, before we get started, wanted to make you aware of an audio issue that we had with this episode. Probably the first 7 minutes and 50 seconds or so, uh, we had a device connectivity problem that we didn't catch until post, but the interview was so good that we just wanted to continue to produce this episode, even with a little bit of rough audio. So if you can't handle it, fast forward to 7 minutes and 53 seconds or so, and that is the meat of the show. The interview, the audio from there on out is good. And if you do that, more than likely you're going to skip our Marine Warehouse ad, uh, But make sure you go support Marine Warehouse Center uh, for all your boating needs, repairs, maintenance, all that kind of stuff. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And now here we go. Back to the episode.
1: Hello and welcome to the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast Series. This episode is titled Spring Preparations for Getting Underway. And I'm going to be talking to Captain Scott Collins of SeaTowe Wrightsville Beach and newly added SeaTowe Crystal Coast. And we've got a bunch of topics to talk about. We're going to talk about... The main problems he sees with boaters in the springtime out on the water, and how to avoid them. The main problems he sees with boaters at the ramp, and how to avoid them. And then we're going to move to float plans, some cruising information, and then we're going to have a radio talk. So, you know, we're basically going to set you up for another boating season a la tow, Wrightsville Beach Seatow, Crystal Coast. My name is Gary Hurley of Fisherman's Post and Fisherman's Post has been serving the saltwater fishing community since 2003. We've been bringing you fishing reports, fishing information, fishing tournaments, fishing schools, and now in this latest and greatest chapter the Fisherman's Post saltwater podcast series. And it's in this saltwater podcast series that we reach out to our captain and guide friends from up and down the North Carolina coast and ask them to share with us their insights, their knowledge, on how to catch more fish more often, and then we hope that that talk and that confidence just gets you out on the water and spending more time with family and friends more often on the water. And I am joined this episode, just as I am every episode, with my partner, my podcast partner, Billy Thorpe of Copilot Studio, a podcast studio offering podcast services for hire, and Billy, it's good to be talking to you again.
0: Gary, good to see you, man. How have you been doing since last episode?
1: Been doing good, you know. Good, stand busy. Man, I'm, that's <laughs> how I'm wired, man. If I seem casual on a podcast, it's manufactured, <laughs> if, and I am hustling <laughs> all the time.
0: If Gary isn't moving, the world is about over. Oh man, good to good to see you, dude. It's Good to be back in the studio, in the seat, talking about fishing, talking about boating, really boating. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, man, this is good information. I mean, we've been doing a couple of sort of off-fishing topics. They've been well-received, and, you know, Sea Scott has seen a lot. And so I can't imagine he's not going to give a lot of helpful information to our audience out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, what are we we going to next, Gary? I usually tell people how to watch and how to listen, but we've retired that segment because I guess got bored of it. Right. It didn't work. (laughs) If you don't know how to watch or listen by now too bad
1: to subscribe we'll, finish, we'll wrap it up with subscribe but we're not going to put a slide up there and telling you yeah. all the places you can watch it and listen to it
0: and some people don't know but it's free to subscribe i had someone the other day is like man i would subscribe but i don't want to pay for something else i'm like nah man it's free like it's a free podcast so some people don't know that but to hit subscribe is free just if to they want to pay to subscribe no, 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 no. If they just hit subscribe or follow on their app. Now, if they want to, if they want to, if if they, they insist. Want to, then sure, I'll, we'll send them a link. <laughs> <All right. laughs> send them a monthly invoice. <laughs> oh, man. Well, well, it is free in
1: part because yeah. of our generous sponsor. So let's, generous. Yep. let's thank that generous sponsor.
0: All right, here we go. Hey, it's Robbie with Marine Warehouse Center in Wilmington and Charleston. We are headquarters
2: for custom Boats. These center consoles are handmade in Washington, North Carolina and are custom designed for fishing and family fun on the water. Right now, we have several models in stock. Deal times on the custom orders are around five months. These boats are custom built to fit your needs from the seating, the tops, the leaning posts, and the live wells. You design the entire layout of your boat. Come by and see for yourself why they're one of the fastest growing boat builders in the country.
0: That music, dude. Every time. <laughs> does
1: it every I mean, time. The, the boat it. shots are great. I mean, those boat shots make yeah. me want to get on the water. They make me want to look into that boat. But then you end it with that music, and every time.
0: You're just like, man,
1: this is good. Just go right now. Forget Zito, Scott. You know what, let's Scott? get out on the water. It's
0: great knowing you, man. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Too much fun. Too much fun. Fish photo. All right we got blake boyd with a couple of flounder caught on a z-man paddle tail while fishing uh, there in the topsail area good looking fish there gary good looking fish
1: good looking fish good looking fish that were released unless somehow i got that photo back in september of 2020 <laughs> which it, could be but i don't think so maybe there's but a
0: 50 50 so. chance that's in someone's well never mind whatever let's move on <laughs>
1: Well, look. I'm gonna we're gonna challenge your production at value here. I need you to bring a slide up on the screen.
0: Oh, what are you talking about? Which one? The buy me a coffee one. That's it, man. Let's see. Buy me a coffee. Here we go. What is this, Gary? You want to tell them? No, I want you
1: to tell them. That's that's the deal. That's the arrangement. I'm setting you up. I
0: love it. Um, So for for you guys who don't know, buymeacoffee.com slash fisherman's post is a way that you can support the podcast as a listener, as a viewer. And it's a really cool platform that they've created just so people can support their favorite creators. So if we are one of your favorite creators, content creators, feel free to support us. Buy us a cup of coffee uh gary's getting a little old he can't drink coffee late when we do these but you know he'll drink it during the day
1: buy me a decaf coffee <laughs>
0: buy me a de- i wish you'd changed that to buy me a decaf <laughs> i'm gonna change it to buy me a boat <laughs> it didn't work out i begged for a boat for almost 50 episodes it didn't work That's so, not gonna work so coffee is going well man we've had some people support us so we really appreciate that we have that. Yeah. we love everyone that cool. comes in absolutely
1: hey uh Billy, we're going to transition to our guests now. We've done our setup material, and this is where I say Billy's best takeaway is certainly a feature we're going to keep on. And so after I have my conversation with Seto Scott about the issues he sees, especially in the springtime with the new boating season, then I'm coming back to you for Billy's best takeaway. I'll be ready. But for now, let's bring our guest on. Let's bring on the guest talent, and I'm talking about Captain Scott Collins, Seto Wrightsville Beach, Cito Crystal Coast, um, spring preparations for getting underway. We got a lot to talk about. How you doing, Scott?
2: Busy man, busy. Just like you, Gary. Always busy. You are always
1: busy. I agree. Man, running around. You got a lot more water to cover now that you added in Crystal Coast on the umbrella. I'm happy for you guys. And so here today, we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about the main issues you see on the water in the springtime. You know, both on the boat, maybe at the ramp what people can do to avoid them, maybe some other boat checks that you think are important for people to run through before beginning another season, and then I think you got some information for us on float plans, some cruising stuff, and then, you know, just a little bit of a radio primer is what I have in my notes. Is that your understanding?
2: Yeah, yeah, I got my notes ready to go, man.
1: Well, before we get to that, it is tradition on the podcast to ask two questions, and the first question, Scott Collins, is, why should we listen to what you have to say about on-the-water
2: safety? Ah, well, I think just the 20 years alone with CETO is enough to understand what goes on out of the water and take my advice. Um, In addition to that, I served in the Coast Guard uh, for six years. I've been on multiple research vessels from here to Puerto Rico, to Bermuda, to uh, the Cape Fear. I worked at Cape Fear Community College for uh, about eight months, so I've got some extensive time on the water licensed with 100-ton masters, and a towing endorsement, obviously.
1: Man, that is a solid resume, Billy. I'm going to proceed with the podcast. I think he's passed question number one. He's granted permission. And I'm going to go ahead and apologize, Scott, for question number two, because I like to get creative, but I did not get creative with you. I did not get creative at all. In fact, I'm going to kind of identify something. Um, At the bottom of your emails that you send out, you like to include a quote. Will you please tell me what that quote is?
2: Uh yeah, that's uh the sea always finds what you did wrong. And uh that's true. You know, you leave a, a a loose line on the deck someplace and uh you know you get into rough seas, the sea's gonna find that loose line and it's gonna show you that you did something wrong. Or, you know, if you decide to take the wrong path through a through a, a creek going to find some redfish or something like that. And I'm not speaking from experience on my own part, but other people going too fast through skinny water that they don't know. C finds what you
1: did wrong. Well, that's all great and everything, but that isn't where this uh, question was going. Um, (laughs) The uh, quote you have at the bottom of your email says, the C finds everything you did wrong. And I just wanted to let you know that as the English teacher I am in my other life, you do have a typo in that quote. I didn't know if you knew that. And so the actual Francis Drake quote isn't the C finds everything you did wrong. It's the C finds out. Everything you did wrong. So you being a man of attention to detail, I'm going to be looking for that change being made in future emails going out. Deal?
2: <laughs> okay, well, should I just take it out of italics then? Because that would be legit, right? Mr. English professor who I did have the honor italics to be Italics has nothing to do by. with
1: quoting. I mean, I appreciate your enthusiasm. <laughs> And uh, I had something in here about another famous t- uh, typo, but yours isn't really a typo. But the, the name Google came from a typo. It was actually a misspelling of the word Google, and which is a one followed by, what is it, 100 zeros. But now we're really starting to bore. Scott there Collins, it is springtime. Boat traffic, as I'm sure you're seeing, is increasing exponentially as the weather gets warm, the water gets warmer. From your perspective, from your 20 years, how about it, man? Give me a little rundown of one, the main issues you see for boaters out on the water starting out the season, you know, we'll just work through them. And if you have some insight in how that issue could have been avoided, I think both I think both points would be pertinent.
2: Okay. Well, the majority of jobs we see in the, you know, the first bluebird days of the year are you know, bad gas, okay? People leave their fuel in their tanks for so long, and um, it just gums up their ejectors, their jets on their carburetors. And um, a simple you know winterization of the boat before you put it up is a solution to that, or a simple service before you put it in the water is a solution to that as well. Another thing, too, is the batteries. The batteries tend to die out you know, over the winter time if it hasn't been used in four to you know five months. And um, just checking those battery levels and understanding what the battery longevity is on a boat. Uh, you get to where you're cruising and anchoring up. You know, turn the battery off or switch it over to a second battery. So that way you always have one battery that's already ready and fully charged to go.
1: Man, uh, I think this might be a good time to give us some insight. I believe we had this conversation, not today, but when we were sort of fleshing this idea out. Was it you that was telling me, hey, man, most people on the water don't understand the difference between battery one and battery two and when you use battery one and when you best are used battery two or when you put the battery switch to use both batteries. How, how about it, man? Help us out.
2: All right. Well, I mean, this is it's a manufacturer. Um, you know, It's different with every manufacturer and every wiring of people's boats. But generally, when you've got two batteries on your boat, you want to have one battery. We'll call it battery number one on one when you start the boat and go cruising to wherever you go to. Then when you arrive at where you're going to anchor up or or fish, you know, switch it over to battery two so you can use your accessories like your radio, uh, your GPS, your live well, or what have you. And so what that does is it enables you to have that fresh battery, battery number one, ready to go when you're ready to take off.
1: So I know that a, a boat might have one battery or two batteries rigged differently, but Usually, when you have two batteries on the boat, aren't they different types of marine batteries? Actually,
2: not necessarily. Um, when you generally receive a boat from a manufacturer, you're going to have the same battery for battery one and the same battery for battery two. Um, the differential batteries would be for if you had a trolling motor and it required more, you know, voltage. That's where you would have a different battery setup.
1: And when is it that I would set it to run off of both batteries?
2: well that's probably your last ditch resort (laughs) if you're drained all the way down um then you can switch over to both if you think of it as like two buckets of water if you're running both buckets of water at the same time they're both going down okay and the charging aspect of it doesn't go as fast if it was just one bucket going up so if you can understand that voltage level is going down at the same time and then when you go to try to start it you have nothing left in your batteries to start the boat
1: Hey, so now I'm going to circle back to the gas question. So, of course, ideally we winterize. Ideally, we service. Man, if if the we just forgot about it and we're going, is there any gas treatment that can sort of cheat it? Or no, man, gas treatment ain't going to cheat it. It's not only going to uh, help. I, I don't
2: help. know, man. That's, that's like a witch's brew kind of thing. I don't know of too many mechanics that are going to say, yes, this will solve your problem. You won't have to worry about your gas going bad. Um, I Mean there are a number of products out there that you can add. I personally put a uh, stable in my tank um, If I know it's gonna be sat up, you know with all my motors like weed eaters gas, you know lawn mowers and stuff like that um, non-ethanol fuel is supposed to be better for um, The entire fuel system uh, It won't break down the the I don't know the synthetic Materials in the tanks the hoses and so forth and so on but um You know, the sniff test is the best thing you do. You pop the cap on your gas can and smell it. And if it smells more like varnish than it does like gasoline, don't run the boat.
1: Okay. I like that. I like that tip. All right. So from CTO's perspective, you get calls in the springtime, bad gas. You get calls about batteries. What What are a couple other calls that you typically get more so in the springtime?
2: Forgetting to put your plug in. That is one of the number one things when the boats sink at the ramp is people launch their boat, they forget to put the plug in, they go park the trailer and then they come back and the boat the back end of the boat is underwater. Man, you got to walk around your boat and make sure that that plug was put in. It's it's just too easy to forget. I see that, but it's just too easy to not just take a gander, you know, before you drop that thing in the water.
1: How many of those do you think you see in the springtime? Or how many of those do you think you see in a year, if you were to take a guess?
2: Well, more often in the springtime than in the summertime. Um, but, you know, in the spring, I mean, we had one last week. Uh, that was the first one of the year. Um, we've only really had, I'd say, maybe three good days of going out on 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 the water. It's been warm enough. But it's not going to be the last one.
1: Man, interesting. The old plug is a culprit every time. I mean, Hmm. What else we got? Let's go. Let's uh let's just keep on going with springtime calls that Cito sees.
2: Your waterways have changed since the last time that you've been out there. I guarantee it, no matter where you boat, um, if you haven't been on your boat or in an area that you normally go to in four months, there are different bars, not only just from nature moving the bars around, but we've had a lot of dredging in this area alone, Um, you know, up in Topsail. Topsail is completely different now. You definitely want to Tread lightly when you go through that area. Carolina Beach is going through a dredging process right now as well. So especially when you go out, the last hydrographic survey I saw was good, but you still definitely want to obviously check conditions before you go out and, you know, tread lightly, go slow. Anytime you're in an unfamiliar area, go through that area slow because you can get yourself out of trouble easier if you're going slow versus, you know, going too fast and it's safer too.
1: So I think what I hear you saying is unfamiliar, but even familiar waters should be treated like unfamiliar. Some of them at least should be treated as unfamiliar waters when you're coming out after the winter season.
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's a safety aspect there. Um, You know, only hit something, only go as fast as you want to hit something. That's what one of my (laughs) captain's jokes about. And uh, it's true, man. You know, you don't have to be, you know, hammered down the whole time you're running around out there. It burns a lot of gas and It's just it's not safe, especially in your your crowded areas like we have here in the Riceville Beach area in particular.
1: Yeah, man. And I I like the point where it was made before we started the podcast that, you know, you can't just trust the lines on your machines, the tracks on your machines from last year. Because as you've just pointed out, things change. And, you know, especially in some of those areas you've identified. um, I love that advice. I mean, I could be easily be guilty of that. All right. What else we see? What else from test yeah, well, perspective?
2: Back, back to what you were just saying. Those those lines on your GPS. That's a good reference. Okay. Don't you don't drive the boat and staring at your GPS. You know, going through the waterway. That's just a reference for you. Um, but to 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 segue to another topic on running your boat in unfamiliar or familiar areas is don't don't think that the guy in front of you definitely knows where he's going and to follow him. He might lead you right into trouble.
1: All right. Don't follow the guy in front of you because he could leave you in trouble. I mean, this is good. We're getting some Sito from the Sito's perspective, the problems they see on the water. What else, man?
2: Well, where do you want to go from here? We can talk about. Uh, let's see. Being aware of your surroundings. Um, okay. And this is this is pretty important. You know, just it's you know maintaining a good lookout so you know where the other boaters are and that what how fast they're going. But more importantly. Maintaining a good lookout and being aware of your surroundings will help you to get help to you I can't tell you how many times people call me and they don't have any clue where they are and that's just scares the, the Jesus out of me because what if somebody was in a medical emergency and they were trying to tell you where they were and they have no idea why well, can't even start to go looking for you if I don't know a general idea not I turned left at this tree and then I turned right into the creek you know, it's just, that scares me, man, when people don't know where they are.
1: Um, being aware of your surroundings. I'm, I'm trying to go from the notes too. I'm trying to help you out and follow what we've got here. Man, uh, and so I think we'll go, I'm going to circle you back to boat checks because that was the notes that I got. Anything else on boat checks? And then we're going to start, I guess, moving into more of a float plan situation.
2: Okay. Um, well, let's see. We went over fuel. And batteries, you definitely want to make sure your fuel's topped off before you go out on a trip. Your battery levels are sufficient. Um, Oil as well. You know, if you're running a two-stroke, you got to make sure you brought two-stroke or have enough two-stroke. Four-strokes don't generally lose oil unless there's a mechanical problem. Um, Trim and tilt's not too important, but, you know, you want to make sure your trim and tilt works. Bilge pumps, you know, take a gander in your bilge. Make sure that pump is working. Most bilge pumps have a float switch to where you can manually lift up or a button on the sides where you can it'll manually pump out and also a lot of boats have manual switches on the console that you can energize to see if the bilge pump is actually functioning um life jackets all your necessities your throwables uh the safety stuff uh make sure your cell phone's charged Uh, a lot of times i get people calling you gotta hurry man my cell phone's getting ready to die i'm here i'm here uh look for me over there and then beep done and now i don't know really where they are
1: Hey, for uh, vessel checks, it, I'm guessing I know that the the Coast Guard does them. Is that something that CETO does or CETO encourages people to do the Coast Guard check?
2: I mean, I always encourage uh, the Coast Guard auxiliary safety checks. You can go online to what was it, USCGA.com and you can schedule an appointment or you can. Um, they actually also have schedules too on the calendar dates where they will let you know what marina they will be in and you can. Go and have a free check with the the auxiliary. They're not going to give you a ticket. They're going to go over your boat and tell you what looks good, what looks bad, and say you should definitely probably get this looked at.
1: And you suggest that once a year. I mean, is there any reason not to do it once a year?
2: No. I mean, I think once is fine because then you'll have a general idea of what yourself can look for on every trip that you get underway with.
1: All right. What about uh? What about float plan? I guess that's that heading where we were talking about about be aware of your surroundings, and I follow that logic very easily. What else you got for me? And you can you can continue to talk inshore, or, and then we can move offshore.
2: Oh, uh, okay. Well, you know, offshore, you definitely want to let somebody know that you're going. Okay, uh, where you're going, coordinates. Okay, not just like a name of a place. Um, what in- inlet you're leaving out of? what time you're coming back. Um, that way, you know, if you're not back at a certain time, we get a lot of calls in the summertime for us to make calls out on the radio for, I don't know, different people to see if we can make contact with them because they haven't heard. And I mean, our radios are pretty strong here, but you know, after I receive that call and put some calls out and don't get an answer, then I refer them to the coast guard and the coast guard will go ahead and start making calls out. So knowing having someone knowing where you're going, what time you're going to be back and, and where you're going. That's important. Um, near shore or inshore, um, It isn't as important to necessarily tell somebody where you're going. It doesn't hurt, but more or less, you know, telling people um, that you're going out and when you're coming back.
1: So as far as the offshore um, plan, I want to be, there's a couple of bottom fishermen that I want to be on their call list so that they can call me and give me the coordinates of where they're going to be that day. Is that a service (laughs) I can provide?
2: Uh, I'm not sure I understand your question.
1: I don't know if I'm making it right anyway. I think I'm attempting a bad joke. That's what I I thought. I I know I'm attempting a bad joke. I know I'm attempting a bad joke. I don't (laughs) think that.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, definitely do that. Get on the list with Rick Croson and ask him, you know, if you can be his float plan buddy.
1: And then he can call me and give me the exact coordinates of where he's headed. That's where I'm getting at. Exactly. It's a service I want to provide for free that Fisherman's Post could provide for free to qualified, (laughs) qualified (laughs) qualified captains. (laughs) What else we got, man? Um, I don't know the difference between cruising and float plan. I'm going to let you help me out with where we're headed.
2: Okay, well, the float plan is the plan for cruising. Uh, cruising is cruising, you know, basically operating your vessel, knowing what a safe speed is, knowing how to reduce your wake and no wake zones. That's a big one. A lot of people coming through the no wake zone in Riceville Beach, yeah, they slow down, but they leave their bow up and they're just plowing water. So they're actually making a worse wake than they did when they were on plane. And, you know, you, you start seeing that. You know, flicking the bird, yelling at people, and they're like, "What? I'm going slow." But if the boat's not level, you're not you're you're still pushing a wake.
1: So, what is it that you're seeing? I mean, I know you're seeing the increased boat traffic, just that everyone else is seeing on the water. Like from your perspective, how have things changed here in the last? I don't know, five years, ten years? I don't even know how far I need to go back.
2: I mean, you really don't need to go back any further than last year. Um, you know, there was. 370 million boats sold nationally in 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 2020 and the increase here was astronomical and there's just more boats out there and not necessarily everyone out on the water n- knows what what they're doing and i use the, the the word ignorant you can correct me if i'm wrong uh, mr hurley professor hurley but you're lacking knowledge and it's not a bad thing to lack the knowledge but you know, you definitely want to do due diligence and to become more knowledgeable about what you're doing. Um, boating is fun, but it's not something, you know, to take lightly. You know, there are dangers involved and we have fatalities, injuries every year due to, well, maintenance issues and or just not knowing that, well, a boat doesn't have brakes. You know what I'm saying?
1: I do know what you're saying, man. What about, uh, so with all this boat traffic out on the water, I mean if i'm compelled to pass somebody you know what's the what's the suggestion you give me to like how to best go about passing someone in the icw
2: well so there's a legal way and then there's the 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 pedestrian way like on a in a car you know and, and people assume the same thing on the water you know you, you pass on the right you know and you drive right side left side but there is no traffic schemes in our general area and you can't always assume that the person in front of you knows what the rules of the road are. And that is the topic, the rules on the waters. It's topic as rules of the road, you know, in a head on meeting situation, you know, which way do you go? And the best thing to do is to slow down. But if you can give some sort of indication, like turn your wheel to starboard, if you are going to go to starboard to let that boat know it's meeting you, which way your intentions are going. Um, we can go into whistle sounds and things like that, but you know, you you basically, you got to slow down, you know, don't try to go by someone fast, you know, make sure that they know you're coming. If you got to start yelling or honking your horn, just letting them know that you're coming past them is, is the best thing to do.
1: And, uh, I mean, I don't know. And now I'm in a Creek and I'm pulling out into the ICW and there's boats going both ways. Any suggestions there?
2: Well, I mean, the rules of the road specify that the vessel on the starboard side has the right of way. But how many people know that? You know, which boat knows that? Or do either one know that, you know, don't go hauling butt out into the a junction, you know, slow down and, and wait for your time. Um, you know, generally, you're probably going to have a lot of wake to deal with if you're in a crowded you know, junction like Mason's Inlet or Mason Shin Creek in the ICW. Those are highly trafficked areas. And, you know, be as safe as possible. Don't, don't be a daredevil and try to gun it across, you know, in front of somebody.
1: Uh, the other one in your uh, pre-show notes, man, you said you wanted to talk a little bit about radio, marine radios. And I'm, I'm happy to have that conversation. I think that's an important conversation. Let's segue into that now.
2: Okay. So the marine radios benefits – Nowadays are that if you had a problem you could hail out on 16, which is the emergency distress channel only It's not for radio checks. It's for emergency distress And if you were to have a problem and somebody close by Heard it they can come over to you faster than say the Coast Guard or any other response vessels including CETO. Um, Cell phones are a great way for communicating, but they just don't have the ability to transmit to everybody in the vicinity and so when i say emergency situations uh if if you were to fall down on your boat hit your head and get knocked unconscious does your wife know how to use the radio does she know how to turn it on does she know how to pick the mic and put it on 16 and what to say and say and where are you you know that's that's another thing that you know it bothers me is that the people on the boat don't know how to call out for help if they are in help
1: and then, and to go back to your thing about know your surroundings, like even if the captain knows where you are or can describe where you are, how often is it that everyone on the boat, especially if you're just taking newbies out that don't have a boat themselves, could describe where they are on the water?
2: Sure. No, no. And that's, that's that's a good thing, too, is that maybe before you get underway, just, you know, maybe make that little speech to the people on board say, hey, we're going out to have a good time, but make sure you keep an eye out for things, you know, for stuff in the water, debris in the water, or, you know, look what Marker, you're by, or if there's a, a particular house that catches your eye, remember it. Um, we get more geographical, um, you know, points that people give us that we're, we're by the octagon house by Carolina Beach. I know exactly where that's at. You know, it's easy.
1: Is there a channel that CETO monitors all the time?
2: We always are on channel 16, and our working channel is channel 79. So basically, you would hail us on 16, and then we would shift you over to channel 79 and get some information from you. Um, nine times out of 10, I'm going to get a cell phone number from you and call you on your cell phone just because the conversation is a little more clear and you don't have to worry about anyone uh, quote unquote stepping on your transmission.
1: And then is there still the automated radio check? There's not that an automated provides?
2: radio check anymore. Nope, that was a contract through Maritel that Maritel had with FCC and they gave it a try and now the FCC has taken those channels back so I don't know if they're gonna bring back an automated radio check but if you do want to do a radio check um, channel 13 is a working frequency it's used for bridges you can always contact the bridge or you can contact Sito on channel 79 or you can call us on 16 and we'll shift you over to 79 and then you can ask me how I'm reading their, your transmission
1: all right, I got one more radio question. This is going to show how uneducated I am, ignorant I am, and as in lacking knowledge. It seemed to me when I was setting up my new radio, I finally upgraded to a new radio last year and I was setting it up and they was trying to set up an, like an MMSI number or something like that. Does that mean anything to you?
2: Yes, so the MMSI number is kind of like your social security number for your boat and yourself. So that if you were to hit the distress button on your radio, it automatically would come up to the Coast Guard as Gary Hurley, what kind of boat he has, registration number and contact information. Now, the way that you set up your MMSI number or get assigned an MMSI number is through the power squadron online. It's, um, I I don't remember. Well, I could probably look it up real quick, but the power squadron is the one that would assign you um, your MMSI number.
1: Okay, so I would reach out to them first online and then I'm setting up my MMSI on my Marine radio. That's correct. All right. Hey, uh, I think we're at the end of the notes, but that doesn't necessarily mean this conversation is over. As we've been talking, man, what have I not set you up to say? What have we not covered that you would like to get out here at the beginning of another what's sure to be very busy season on the water?
2: Weather checks. You know, if you guys are going offshore, you got to know your weather. You know, not just the sea state or the wind state, but the potential for thunderstorms. There are so many good uh, Doppler apps on your phone that you can pull up and, you know, look at to determine, even if you're inshore, if you're anchored up over in a cove someplace, you know, pull that Doppler up. Oh, honey, the clouds are looking dark over there. Pull the app up. If that you know blob is starting to move your way, it's time to go.
1: Man, I'm going to give you an opportunity now to uh, set, to tell us a little bit more about CETO. CETO has an app. What are some of the features I got? I can enjoy on the CETO app?
2: Uh, so the CETO app is now focusing more on membership benefits, i.e. renewing your membership. Um, or if you need help, you can simply hit the the help button. And when I say help, if you're you know broken down or aground, and it'll connect you directly to um, dispatch. And it will also relay the coordinates if you have that set on your app.
1: All right. And then here, you know, this is certainly not hasn't been an advertisement, but if I give you an opportunity now just to say, what is the benefit of being a, what are the main benefits of being a CETO member? What do you got for me?
2: Oh, uh, it's not going to cost you a lot of money to get back home if you have a problem. It's free.
1: <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, um, that's going to be it. Again, I'll ask one more time. Any more final thoughts, Scott, before we say goodbye? And I thank you for your time. Be safe. I will. I'm with you. I think we're, I think uh, the message is coming through. And again, with all the new boats on the water, I hope everyone takes that stance. What we're heading into a very busy year is be safe. Thank you for that message. Scott, it's great to talk to you, man.
2: You too, Gary, Billy. Hope to see you all soon. Have a good night. You too.
0: Man, oh man. Be I safe, so much Billy. Bit.
1: Be safe. That can't be your best takeaway. I'm taking no. that away.
0: No, my best takeaway is the funniest thing I heard was like, hit something, as fa- like, go as fast as you want to hit something. <laughs> right? That was good. I agree. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, that that's a good rule. Like how quick to, to hit something. And then just water changes, the waterways change, dredging, all that. You never – and, and for me, who goes on other people's boats because I don't have one, <laughs> it's I never I, I never ask any of those questions, and sometimes people may or may not even go over safety stuff. So I'll be asking those questions like, "Hey man, how do I work your radio if you fall off the boat or we smack into something and you get knocked out?" Because yeah. I wouldn't know how to do that.
1: Yeah, man, I feel comfortable on the boat, but I'll probably do a few things differently after yeah. this conversation one-on-one with Scott. You know, I you know I can't. I mean, why not be safe, especially like us when we got kids. Where, you know, we're usually yeah. doing family trips on the Hurley Boat, not fishing trips. You yeah, know. that's true, man. I, I do those trips with captains uh,
0: <laughs> who say, cast over there. <laughs> <laughs> the Hurley Boat is more for, for the sandbar. Gary, for some of you guys don't know Gary, he's got a nice collection of unused fishing gear because he uses Ooh. everyone else. I use them. <laughs> <laughs> once in a while. On his dock. He just throws it out there as he's drinking his morning coffee. <laughs> anyway, man. Yeah, that was my best takeaway was uh, ga- not gas it. Don't gas it. Go slow. <laughs> yeah, man. that was.
1: I like the delivery of that. And I think CTO, man, they do a lot of community yeah. interactions. So they depend on... You know, for lack of a better word, clever ways to deliver a message just so it does resonate because, you know, that's what has to happen. It has to resonate. They can't just hear it, but they have to really hear it and then, you know, cause a change in action.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. Good, good information. Hopefully, people will listen to this. Hopefully, they just don't go, "Oh, that's not about fishing," because this is really about. And, and, Getting to go the next day, and this is, gonna, this is you're going. This is going to be a good segue,
1: and and that winterization and that spring service, man. Who would be a better person to visit than
0: Marine Warehouse Center? Marine Ooh, Warehouse Center, nailed it, right? Nailed it. <laughs> the we love those guys. <laughs> yeah. Parts,
1: service, new boats, selling old boats, selling you a used boat. If it involves boats, Marine like, yeah, Warehouse yeah. Center. You know they want your business. They want to take care of you. Yep.
0: And they got awesome hats and shirts, which I support. You do. (laughs) Anything else, Gary? That's it, man. All right, we'll see you next episode.